1: We're back in this piece. Anora boys are in the house. Lucky Lefty Podcast. We just had a great interview with Notre Dame great Sean Crawford. Once again, golf with the legends. Go to executiveglobaltours.com backslash Notre Dame for all pricing, non-golf packages as well as golfing packages. Three great courses. Iconic Notre Dame players. You can't beat it. It's a trip of a lifetime. Go to exclusive globaltours.com backslash Notre Dame left Marcus Freeman talk to the media we'll deal with the coordinators tomorrow left because I already know we we discussed some of the things that they talked about but Marcus Freeman talked about just yo these are my thoughts about what I saw today great scrimmage the offense end up winning um
2: to keep the blue jerseys. It was actually a two point game and it's a unique scoring system, but a two point game going into the last series. And I was going to go twos and ones to finish, but we're, uh, I think we're at 80 something plays and I kind of wanted to finish with the ones. So we cut that last set of twos and uh, um, really it came down to execution that that builds a big play. I think second down offense hit a probably a 20 yard gain to Tyree um, to really seal the deal. and. Uh, I don't know what the final score was. I think Hartman ran in a touchdown at the very end, but um, it really was a, a good game. Kind of notes from the game is is the offense came out early and really did a good job. They were really good do, doing a good job of executing, getting first downs, um, and they were up by a, a significant amount of points, and then you almost saw this law a little bit. I don't know if it was the heat. I don't know if they felt complacent. Then all of a sudden the defense came back and surged back with some negative yardage plays, and uh, again, it was two-point scrimmage with with the last series as they took the field. Um, we gotta continue to improve on penalties. We had too many penalties. And and it's a difference between undisciplined penalties versus aggressive penalties. We'll take aggressive penalties all day long. We can't be perfect, but if you're undisciplined and you're getting penalties, um, I don't know who, I think we had one personal foul, a couple holdings, a defense-aligned offsides. Um, those are penalties that we have to be more disciplined and can't happen. Um, but it was really encouraging to see uh, you know, 80, 88 plays, 90 plays, um, battling guys, stepping up, making big plays today. And, and you try to create this environment where it's almost like game, like, well, listen, we can't get 80,000 fans in here, but you try to m- build this thing up that, hey, man, this is for the jerseys. Like, you're going to go into Notre Dame Stadium. It's a sacred place. And we got to understand that. And then really be able to see who can execute, right? Who can just do their job every play when you try to build this up because it's natural as we get here in the season when this place is filled. There's there's going to be pressure. They're going to feel it. And how do we get them to focus on doing their job? And so um, it, it was good. It was a, a good scrimmage. Um, and so now we have four practices left to you know, including the spring game as as we close out this spring. Um, I, I want to just before I open up for questions, just address you know the Caleb Smith situation and and um, he's retiring from football. Um, we wish him all the best. Um, it, it was what's best for him, and ultimately, that's, as a head coach, all you care about is—is is, um, he made the decision that this was probably what's best for him, is retired from football. And uh, I think he put out a statement, and you know, went into details on his reasons why. But um, we wish him all the best, and was we're grateful for the time we had with him, and uh, wish him the best moving forward.
1: So that's him talking about the dress rehearsal inside Notre Dame Stadium this past Saturday, and. Caleb Smith stepping away from the game of football, medically retiring. Your takeaways from what he had to say, left.
3: Uh, in terms of uh, Caleb Smith to go backwards, you know, you never like to see a guy leave the team on a on a not on their own terms. Uh, I'm sure he, but at the same time, I'm sure Marcus Freeman had Caleb Smith as an insurance plan uh, in case the receivers weren't able to step up like a Rico Flores or a Braylon or a Jordan Greathouse great or even a Deion Cozley in the midst of coming back from injuries and just, you know, the, the uncertainty of the receiver room. I can see why Caleb Smith would have been a great insurance plan uh, through being a veteran and having some game experience and, and this, that, and the other. From regards to his, his comments on the team and the scrimmage, I think it's just it's right on brand to where it should be. I think Marcus Freeman is has a lot of things to be excited about. At the same time, you know, he wants to be able to have that same excitement when the bullets start flying for real. And it's good that he's able to trust the depth of his team and not just go back to the ones and twos when the tight, uh, when the spots get tight. So it shows he's comfortable with who he's bringing in, which, you know, uh, it's, it's a hit or miss, you know, to be, all in on all the guys you recruit instead of just the guys that are uh, playing the best shows that you have great team chemistry and the depth chart that you're able to find those combinations of of starters and non-starters or one A's, one B's and find a good mix for them to be able to be productive. And, you know, Marcus Freeman is a mastermind of what he's trying to create as a program. And it's hard to do with the stipulations and the type of things that uh, is attached to Notre Dame. But, I'm excited to see what happens this week from the spring game, being there live, uh, especially having all the anticipation of these these six-second clips that are too close so you can't tell what plays going on.
1: I think it would be good to see a, a full game in the flesh.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate – Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you make decisions for your company,
2: you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code
1: PROGRAM. He also talked about what he's been impressed about the most from the start of practice up until now.
2: Because I was concerned we didn't really use play clocks, um, many practices before today right and and you know there was times in practice before today that you're like okay hey you got to be aware of the play clock i know we're not using a play clock right now and and there was no play clock issues it was good the quarterbacks had great awareness so the communication from coach parker down to the signalers to uh, was really clean just from my perspective um obviously we got to go back and watch film but it was really good to see you know the communication really from the press box down to the signaler to the quarterback, sometimes we huddled, sometimes we didn't. We did a lot of different things, and so um, it was really, really good to see
3: communication. I think uh, having Gerard Parker back, uh, especially being in the building and having that communication, is is key because we don't need the silly shoot ourselves in the in the foot penalties of of. <laughs> Of silly stuff like delay of games at a timeouts. Like I saw in the XFL. The X, I mean the, yeah, the XFL yesterday. Sloppy. Sloppy. You how you get a how you get a 12-man on a fourth down coming out of a timeout? You come out of commercial, you get a 12-man on the field on a special teams play?
1: Oh man.
3: I know I, I can see why. I can see why. The XFL is looked at as the G League of the NFL and even the coaches, because it was some questionable, some questionable play calls. It's <laughs> some questionable operational things. And, you know, maybe it's just because the league is young.
1: Right, right, right.
3: <laughs> I think that, side note, though, April is the best sports month around. You got both football leagues, got the NBA playoffs,
1: baseballs going on. I mean, it's the best yeah. month, period. Yeah, it's it. You can take it from a sports standpoint if you would like. I'm just it's saying.
3: okay. My, my son's birthday is in, in, in April. Oh, April, I know April.
1: this. I know this.
3: That's all right. So right. I'm a fan. I'm a fan.
1: <laughs> he, he's a king in the making.
3: That's right. <laughs> so April is, is definitely turned up. It's definitely turned up in terms of attraction on a lot of levels. And uh, Marcus Freeman, man, I think he wants to end out on a good week. Put the rest, a lot of things that he was, you know, trying to get together throughout the spring and also just coming off of last year. I mean, has some shoes to fill. I know there's some questions about Michael Mayer's shoes feeling and Isaiah Fowski's shoes feeling the defense staying intact. So um, I think a great spring game will result in Marcus Freeman feeling good about the fall and about his team going into
1: 2023-24. He should feel good. They have great expectations. But he said one of the keys offensively is the tempo. Let's see what O.C. Left has to say about this.
2: Encouragement is to vary the tempo, right? I don't want to be – just a 100% tempo team, I don't want to be 100% huddle team. There's different ways to vary the tempo that I think can keep the offense off balance, the defense off balance, and um, they've done a good job at at running some tempo plays. They've done some, as you saw us through last year, hurry to line scrimmage and scan over to the sideline. We huddle if we need to, so the ability to have multiple tempos is what I want.
1: Mm. Multiple tempo.
3: Whatever it takes to score. That means we catch one <laughs> and we hurry up and run the same play.
1: Okay, I can take that. I Man, I, take want, that. I want Notre Dame to play like the Sacramento Kings, bro. Oh, yeah, like the B. Like, my Brown was like, go faster. Just go, go fast, faster. Go faster. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. You're playing Golden State. You want to go faster? He's like, They're go faster.
3: Golden State. Them young boys are gassing Golden State. Just,
1: just take it one-on-one, coast-to-coast. We'll play defense later. Just take I'm goals. like, dude, we got depth at running back and wide receiver. Just go. Yeah. Just go. Matter of fact, it. if you need to pull Sam Hartman out for a couple
3: plays, yeah, pull him out. If you want to pull Sam out for a couple plays because he's gas, pull him out. Make pull go. him out.
1: <laughs> Charlie, there is no player
3: on the offense that's unpullable. There's no player. There's <laughs> no player where we got to like, uh, we got to keep him on the field because, you know, we got to let him catch his breath, take a couple of plays off, run the ball or something. No, 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 no. There will never have to be a a beat missed in the offense because everybody's good enough to where we don't have to. You can be, oh, Tobias down. oh, throw another guy in there. Oh, running back, Audrey down. throw Logan in there. Oh, Chris Tyree, oh, we need another running back, throw Chris Tyree, oh, Jadary, oh, throw. So we're not empty-handed in any situation, which is why the expectations for Jerron Parker not only stay the same but increase to the level of what we need to be on a championship level because we look at the roster – and we're like, oh, we got all the pieces. I don't see any anywhere in the roster where I'm like, oh, we can use a a 6'6 tight end or something, or we can use a 235 running back. We got all that. Yeah, oh, we can use a tall receiver, a short receiver. We got both six five, and we got little dudes, little fast dudes and tall fast dudes. You know, we got a, We got everything that you're looking for. So you can't look at that paper and be like, oh, this is a nine and fourteen.
1: Yeah.
3: No, that's a failure of a season. You look at that and be like, oh, that's a they in the playoffs deep. They might they might mess around being the game. That's that's from looking at the paper. That's not even from watching the film yet. So unfortunately, fortunately, Gerard Parker doesn't
1: have too many excuses because look at who you got. Yeah, Marcus Freeman talk about the defense feels pretty good about his defense right now
2: we've seen jack kaiser play in a lot of roles and i'm sure he will again this year when he's inside does that open the door for someone else at rover or is or is it obviously Rear rover becomes a nickel quite often what do you kind of like for his versatility there and how does that help someone else at rover yeah i think the more he can do it it gives others opportunities right and so if jack kaiser is a one position guy you know, we know Jack Kaiser is going to be on the field, and um, if he's a one position guy, well, the guy behind him, and might be a younger guy, um, isn't going to get an opportunity to get on the field as much. But now if you've got a guy like Jack that can play multiple positions, you can give those inside guys a break and get a younger guy or inexperienced guy um, on the field at that role position. So it's most, again, the guys on the field have to be able to do their job, but a guy that can do multiple positions creates an opening for another guy.
1: Uh, back to your left,
2: second row, Sean Cyrus. Hey, Coach, I wanted to ask about a couple guys I don't think we saw the last couple times we've uh, been out there. Christian Gray and Prince Collie, just what their statuses are right now. Christian had a knee scope yesterday. Thursday, he had his uh, 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 knee scope, um, so he'll be out for the remainder of spring. And then Prince Collie is in, still in concussion protocol. Um, it happened last week, uh, last Saturday, I think. Um, so I hope to get him back this upcoming week and, and try to get some more uh, reps out of him for Saturday but he's in concussion protocol okay and then I think it was the start of the first time we talked to you this spring you talked about the safety position sort of evaluating it over the course of the spring and then maybe make you know decision on what you might do so, what you've seen from them and, and anything that might be going on in the future. Oh, it's, it's great, the depth. I mean, to have three guys um, at any moment that can, that we rotate. Coach Golden does something really cool and then for the first couple of days, uh, really all the practices, he's kind of have a different starting lineup. And and part of that is, is Xavier Watts at safety, Ramon Henderson, DJ Brown. And um, those guys, all three of them are practicing at a high level. And then you get a guy like uh, Ben Minnick, you know, who who, Practice probably for eight practices, and then he had a, uh, a procedure on his thumb that he'll won't, he won't finish spring um, on the practice field. But it, it's really good to see. I'm trying to think if I'm forgetting any Marty Hour. Is there any other safeties I'm forgetting? No, you know. Um, but it's really good to see those three that I was talking about, right? DJ, Ramon, and Xavier really all play with the ones, really all continue to improve and practice at a high level.
1: Linebackers and safeties left plenty of options. Rotational—the guys that can play multiple multiple positions will have a better chance of being on the field and more snaps.
3: Well, availability is 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 I think is what's going to be key for Marcus Freeman in deciding who's rolling out there. Uh, just because, like he said, he everybody is playable. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it ain't no guy I think in that linebacker secondary maybe even defensive line that they're unwilling to play it doesn't matter who's healthy and I think that's a good problem to have but it's also a challenge for those guys to stay healthy and, and, and stay competitive because Marcus Freeman is he's saying I'm playing everybody
1: it is what it is all hands on deck I guess so. But you talked about having that depth, feeling comfortable with the ones and twos and the depth on this roster. Yo, has to be a good feeling. So let's talk about Lorenzo Styles. And before I get into Lorenzo Styles and giving some clarity to the situation, let's just go back and listen to when Marcus Freeman was actually asked about the Lorenzo Styles going to cornerback.
0: Uh, how you're trying to utilize Lorenzo Styles we saw him on both sides of the ball now what's the what's the uh, big picture uh, moving forward with Styles
2: yeah Katie kind of brought that up to me so what how much did you guys see him in DB the other day in practice one play one play play. (laughs) no it's it's good that's he, he's kind of experiment a little bit with him. Um, you know, I think he has a lot of uh, athletic abilities um, that could really help us on both sides of the ball. The problem is he hasn't spent much time in the defensive film room with the defensive coaches. And so we said in one-on-ones, hey, every once in a while, go get a rep of, of DB. and. The one rep he got the other day he was a really good rep, and I and I told him like, hold on now, like this road to, to where you want to go is bumpy on either side of the ball, right? It isn't always going to be that easy, but um, we're we're kind of experimenting with him on both sides. Um, he'll probably get a little bit more DB work next year, next week, and then um, I foresee him in the spring game probably playing a little bit on both sides. Today was all receiver. Today all he played was receiver.
1: Okay, so Marcus Freeman was. You know, someone followed up with the question and Marcus Freeman explained, you know, it's his decision. uh, Something that I talked about with him because I saw certain traits. You know, I'm from from Ohio. He's from Columbus. And, you know, Ohio State won him at a defensive back as long as other Power Five schools. You know, he's a good defensive back. So, you know, as a defensive guy, I saw certain traits. Ultimately, it's his decision. And... Moving forward, it is. I just want to give some background. Uh, it's funny to me, left because <laughs> uh, some would. It's fair to call last season a tragic season, as far as Lorenzo Styles Jr. Um, Lorenzo Styles Jr. is a young man that takes things very seriously. And yeah. football, and football was maybe a little bit taken. Was take it took up too much of his time. He wanted it a little bit too bad, as far as taking that next step. And the funny thing is, the next step is something that we all expected coming off of this freshman campaign and coming off of the Fiesta Bowl performance. I think most of us would say we expected him to take a step forward and be the number one receiver, or at least a 1-8. He struggled catching the ball. He struggled with some assignments. He struggled transitioning. And there were probably some other things that added to that that don't need to be brought to light. But last season was a struggle. But the one thing that's never left Lorenzo Styles is his work ethic. Hey, just look at his frame like if you just go out to practice and you look at his guns in comparison to the rest of the wide receivers you see how much work he puts in the weight room so work is not the problem leadership is not the problem because he's very well respected in the wide receiver room he wants to be an impact player for notre dame that's it he wanted to be a. he badly wanted to be an impact player for notre dame last year he failed. He admits that. He knows that. But he's kind of matured. I think people don't understand. Like, To mature in life kind of goes hand in hand with maturing on the football field. Because having early success, you have that early success and some, sometimes you think it's going to be just as easy. And things don't come just as easy, of course. We could throw the quarterback situation in there and Things being problematic it was problematic for the entire wide receiver room but with all of that being said you know if he indeed decides to make the move to defensive back he's making the move to defensive back to be on the field to be an impact player for Notre Dame because that's what he wants to be let it not escape you Notre Dame fans that he did not come to Notre Dame or choose Notre Dame because of football He chose Notre Dame because of the full package, the 4 for forty that Malik and Sean Crawford spoke about earlier in the show. And I think his life has kind of expanded. He's added certain things that he cares about just as much besides just Notre Dame football, and it's kind of loosened him up a little bit. And I think as he's become loosened up, I think you're going to see him open his mind to certain things. You know, And Marcus Freeman, speaking to him about playing both positions or possibly going to the other side, and Marcus Freeman told him flat out that the journey to what you want to be, I, I want to point this out, the journey to what you want to be is going to be hard either way. Why is Marcus Freeman saying that? Because he wants to be that guy that came out of Fiesta Bowl and the expectations were he was going to take the next step. He wants to take that next step at receiver. But a lot of things have changed at receiver. I'll leave it at that. New coach, more youngsters. It's a lot of things that have changed at wide receiver. So for him, his happiness is: how do I allow myself to impact winning at Notre Dame? Yes. I was there when everybody overreacted to him having one rep. That's why Marcus Freeman was laughing. He literally took one rep. But it was funny because it was, like, it was portrayed as if he spent practice playing with the DBs. He literally took one one on one rep. That's it. And it morphed into like, ah, uh, Notre Dame is trying him out. A defensive back, because they're not happy with him at wide receiver, and it has nothing to do with it. It has nothing to do with it.
3: They tried Jalen Milrose out at receiver at the bowl game, and he's supposedly leading in the the race for QB at Alabama.
1: You know, so I just want to give clarity. Like, if the move is going to be made, as Marcus Freeman pointed out, it's going to be his decision. And it's going to be a decision made because he's going to feel like it's the best chance for him to make impact plays and be on the field more to be able to do that because this young man is about notre dame that's what he's about he's about notre dame and he's about winning football games there's no one more upset with the way last year went than him
3: no for real
1: but if anybody's out there i'm not saying if anybody's out there putting out a narrative like he's a problem and all of this and all of that you know we heard stuff about him transferring he wasn't transferring if if he was giving thought to transferring it has zero to do with him being a problem right just because i disagree with somebody it doesn't mean i'm a problem Me and left disagree on certain things. That doesn't make him a problem. We just disagree. He chose to go through a season to figure it out, and he chose to stay at Notre Dame. because That's where he wants to be. Why? Because his decision to come to Notre Dame was never about, it was about football, but the primary reason was about the things bigger than football. So why would he leave Notre Dame when things got tough? That's true. So, you know, I just want to give clarity, man. And I'm pretty confident in the sources that I have on the situation that this young man has done gone above and beyond, not only this year, but even last year, to continue to put in the work and continue to be a leader and be a yeah. positive influence for Notre Dame football and the University of Notre Dame. So. I think
3: he's in a very similar situation as a Chris Tyree, more trying to find your role as you have progressed in age on the team. Yeah. I think he definitely uh, missed the window of 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 what everybody else expected him to be like at receiver. I and and it's probably frustrating for him as a player. He's looking at the the time tick down, and he's like, "Man, I haven't been able to really get any roots as a real." threat on the team you know my boy didn't play last year We got a whole new system these young cats these guys really like you know similar to chris tyree it's like look the running back room's deep just like the receiver room's deep yeah and we like you we don't want you to leave or nothing but that that window happens whether you like it or not so he's finding an opportunity to play where he can shoot it might be something open at DB, it happened for Xavier Watts. I mean, Lorenzo Styles has, like you said, has he's built and he's committed his body to be able to play different things. And he's fast as hell. Uh, he definitely takes things very serious. So I know his decisions are more calculated than they are frivolous. But, you know, I also know he's been through a lot of different things as a college student as well that, You know, everybody, things affect people differently, you know. So I think he looks good at at corner. Um, Like Marcus Freeman said, now, shoot, you're just trying to be versatile enough to put some good film together to to find your way on the field somewhere. And I think, uh, if if anything, Styles is at the right team because damn near the whole team is a bunch of two-way players in their own right. (laughs) So... This is another transition for another athlete that we have on the team. We don't even recruit positions no more. The only position we recruit is quarterback. Everything is just an athlete. Are you fast? Have you got film on offense and
1: defense? All right, you can can be looked at by us. Yeah, so (laughs) he took one rep against a pretty good receiver, and basically the receiver couldn't get five yards down the field.
3: You know that first rep when you transition is aggression. So you just mad you over there. So you just he
1: he definitely gave him the aggression rep. Like you no know technique.
3: You no, know, they like oh we can work with that. You know it's one of those I don't know what I'm doing, but you're not doing nothing either. Probably. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It is. You know that's pretty much it, man. You know I hope I gave some clarity to the situation for Notre Dame fans. Um, I felt like Marcus Freeman said some things and probably had no need to go any deeper into it. But, <laughs> you know, the man took one rep, literally. It wasn't even live. It wasn't even 707. It was just literally just one-on-one. He took one rep. And all of a sudden, everything just blew up. Like, this dude has been cross-training. <laughs> i'm saying the entire spring and you know and him doing that had not people trying to connect the dots him doing that had nothing to do with transferring and man look these young men a lot of these young men at this university go through a time where they have to make the decision yeah am i I gonna stick it out yeah am i gonna stick it out i'm gonna get this degree and go somewhere hey you know, so, man. Hey, that's the
3: that's the biggest big boy decision you'll make at Notre Dame if you're not like a Will Fuller where you just – everything just works out so perfect. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. you just a three-year starter, the guy in front of you got hurt, and you just never look back kind of thing.
1: Yeah. So, he's fine, man. He's fine. He's going to play a lot if he stays a receiver. And if he chooses to switch – He's making that decision because he's going to play a lot, you know. And what Marcus Freeman talking about, Christian Gray having his knee scope, even though they expect him to be ready for fall camp, hey, you never know. You never know. Lucky Leppie podcast. Uh, Oh, here we go. Luck. Jay Lamont says, who are your starting three wideouts?
3: JT. Tyree. And Tobias. Yeah, I think I'll do something with that. JT, Tobias, Tyree. We might. Let's run win something. <laughs> and they give me uh Mitchell Evans or something in there, Eli Holston. It don't matter the tight end because they all the same, they all
1: good. You know me, come out for a wide shoot for a wide AT, <laughs>
3: Dion, Chris Tyree, and uh,
1: Tobias. Man, great show today. Thank you to Sean Crawford. Thank you to LL Nation, Notre Dame fans, college football fans that tuned in. We love what we do. Once again, Apple Podcast, Spotify, CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. All of our great content. Leave us five stars. We greatly appreciate it. Leave your comments. We respond to all. Go lock in with CFB Nation right now. Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Search CFB Nation. And you're in tune with us. From this day forth, we greatly appreciate you. YouTube, subscribe. Make sure you hit that thumbs up. Hit that like button for us. Left, you know what time it is.
0: Petticoat. 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 Junction. It's time to get petty.
3: Oh, we did a good job executing it.
0: Now, are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I
3: just don't like you.
0: You don't? No. What is today's ah, petty historic? Ah. Petty Junction. Petticoat.
1: Petty Junction, Petty Story of the Day brought to you by Nora Whiskey and NoraWiske.com at premium American Whiskey and NoraWiske.com. Who do you have on the petty train, left?
3: Oh man. Probably skip Bayless. Always oh.
1: hate,
3: always hating on uh all LeBron with these tweets, man. Just <laughs> he's somebody that can objectively always find fault in something. <laughs> I just think it's hilarious. <laughs> Because, you know, LeBron can shoot a full-court shot. And be the first to tweet about it, but say, like, oh, he's three for 17, but the half-court shot was amazing. (laughs) So I didn't get the opportunity to uh, undisputed after this, but, you know, Skip Bayless, man, tweeted from the weekend. Even though it was a great sports weekend uh, on a basketball level, I think all the games were pretty good. But Lakers in four because John Moran's out. And, man, but other than that, It's been great.
1: NBA fans, and this video went viral. Look, man, stop it. Just stop it, man. Stop it, man. Stop. Sticking your chest out with your kids there don't make you tough, man. (laughs) NBA player walking on the court to shoot around and you feel like you can say what you want to say and then tell him, take it like a man. He's a man just like you.
3: That was the Clippers thing, right, with Wes Westbrook? Yes. He's a man just like you.
1: Take it like a man. What? So you can just say whatever you want to say, and you think just because he's a high-priced athlete, he has to take it.
3: Well, you All know,
1: We're going to say something, though, every time. All right. <laughs> I keep telling people, man. I keep telling people. Anybody, old boy's a chunk. You chump! First of all, for him to do it in front of his kids lets you know where he's at. let you know where he's at. Unless you know where he's at, then to back up a couple of steps, you got security pushing you back. If you were really about about it, push security to the side. But you're not. You're not. I would. I would either just clown. No. And Kevin Durant on the petty train, man. Hey man, go take the ball from Chris Paul old self in the fourth quarter. Okay, man. <laughs> take it from him. Don't let I don't care. It's your team. It's your team. He is no longer Chris Paul. He is playing more like Cliff Paul right now. He
3: definitely, he definitely let him, he definitely let him just. I don't know what.
1: Kevin Durant was doing. It was like four straight possessions. He let Chris Paul run pick and roll. I'm like, for what? For what? <laughs> for what? For what? Like, this dude's, dude, get the ball for Cliff Paul right now. Take it from him. Take it from him. You take it from him? <laughs> take it from
3: him,
1: man. Just go run and take the ball from him, man.
3: Give
1: me that. Good gracious. Before you came on, left, I was talking about how disappointed I've been because it seems like injuries have just played a part. Injuries have ruined the NBA and the NBA playoffs for, like, the last three seasons, bro. Yes. And I'm yeah. just tired of it. I don't know if I can blame the players for not taking care of themselves. I don't know, man. I just I, – I don't know, man. I feel like, yo – Brandon Ingram was hurt the first 25 games. For so sure. Zion, so mm-hmm. Zion has to play hard without BI. He gets hurt and then Brandon Ingram comes back.
3: I don't know if I'm blaming Brandon Ingram for the Zions.
1: No, no, I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just saying like, dude, when are we going to see both of you all healthy at the same time? The New Orleans Pelicans roster is a playoff roster. 100%. When, when healthy? The NBA means Zion and BI in the playoffs. Yes. They need that. Do you see what we do you know we get to watch tonight at nine o'clock? Seven o'clock your time? Uh the uh a game
3: not worth watching. No, we're about to watch game two of Warriors and Kings. Oh no, yeah, that's the game. That's, that's pure entertainment. I that was Tuesday. I thought that was Tuesday. No, no, no. no.
1: That's pure entertainment. That's pure entertainment. Pure Probably, entertainment. Pure entertainment.
3: Probably
1: the best. best dude, I don't, I don't even give a darn about defense when I'm watching that game. I don't care if anybody plays defense. Y'all just play. Just that might be it was 130 to 100. There ain't no defense in that game anyway. Dude, man, they walked up to that cat, Mike Brown, in the third quarter. And he said, I keep telling my guys to play faster. I'm like, play <laughs> faster? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is incredible. This is incredible. He wants his dudes to play faster. Hey, I love Mike Brown because he's going to go with it.
0: He's Mike like, Brown, man, play faster.
1: Yeah, it's like, or, yeah, read between the lines. More. These yeah. dudes are old. We're going to run them. Yeah, run Steph. By the time we get to game five, it's going to be a nice, a nice, uh, they're
3: going to be a breakfast. They're going to be tied.
1: And you saw the three-pointers. Now, I'll give you an honest opinion. When Steph hit the three in the corner, with like two minutes left, I was like, oh, it's over. Oh, but no, but you that's, know, the, that's the normal, easy. that's the normal Steph Golden State dagger. Yes, the normal,
3: that's the normal the dagger. Normal.
1: And when that cat Deanne Fox came right back down and plopped that three, yeah. I said, okay.
3: Yeah, hey, Rachi Mora, Hachi Mora, Hachi Hibachi. That man was what, four of a, four for the three?
1: Dude, look, man, I told people. I told people that are talking crazy. I said, dude, Memphis is not. Man, I've been saying this all year, dude. Memphis won't do anything until they get rid of that, that trash dude that talks the most trash. Like, anytime time a dude that stinks talks the most trash on the team, I already know what I need to know. Yeah. Dylan Brooks is huff. Oh, man. He's huffy like the back. He might as well have pegs on the wheels like a huffy bike. He's huffy. Terrible. It doesn't do a thing on the court, bro. Not a thing other than get fouls. That's it. And Memphis without their two big dudes, it's just not. We're not going to do anything, man. We're not. I'm really not even. Man, this, I don't know, man. We might get one or two good series out of this playoff left. Yeah. I'm unimpressed. I'm unimpressed to this point. Yeah, it's pretty pitiful. I'm unimpressed to this point. And just to think, the, the Miami Heat banged the Milwaukee Bucks, and they almost lost to the Bulls the other night to make the playoffs.
3: No, thanks. Well, the Bucks without Giannis is what? a Huff team. Man. They're an average team, and then then don't let Chris Middleton be cold. Then they really look terrible. Man. But that's okay. This is just propping up for the Lakers to take that easy path to the Western Conference Finals, Because this Memphis series
1: is over. (laughs) This Memphis series is done. I'll change my mind. Because I wanted Lakers and Warriors in the second round. That's what I wanted. No, that's Lakers, what I want. Lakers Kings. I want Lakers Warriors in the second round. Whatever supplements, wink, wink that LeBron James takes, he Nothing. better up his he better up Ain't his dosage. Supplement, same and, supplements Michael Jordan take.
3: That's what he takes.
1: When they play the Sacramento Kings, he better up his dosage. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah no, old, they don't
3: <laughs> run about, <they> <laughs> about the building because he an old man for real. If they try to run Steph running ass around. They really gonna try to gas LeBron. They probably gonna guard him ninety four feet,
1: <laughs> because you know De'Aaron Fox got the energy for for three games. You know, Yo, who was it? It was somebody. What's his name? Uh, For the Celtics, he did an interview on the podcast and said he literally almost had a heart attack guarding Steph in the NBA Finals. Oh, yeah. He's like, that's he's like that's how much that dude runs. He's like, I almost had a heart attack. Bro, <laughs> watching him run is actual beautiful basketball, though. Watching him get the ball up and move it was like, man, I would love to play with him.
3: Yeah, because he just can't find him. He just moving without the ball. He just, just throw and
1: I'm, I'm not being disrespectful. I'm not being disrespectful. I promise you. I'm just talking about preference. I would much rather play with Steph than to play with LeBron. Me. No, this is just, I'm talking about my skill set. Right? Because I like being involved with the play, and I love passing. LeBron is going to hold the ball. That's what he does. No, he's not. Come on. What are you talking about? Bro, the majority of his career, LeBron has held the ball, the majority of the offense. Who else you want holding the ball on LeBron's team? See, that's why. See, you he, need to he, get out of your feelings, man. He, get out of your feelings. I tried, I, you, I tried to come to you. I tried to come to you ever. with a hyper. If I tried to come to you with a hypothetical basketball, hypothetical basketball conversation, and you immediately get into your feelings, it's not my feelings. It's the truth. Yes, it is your feelings.
3: Because everybody,
1: everybody, everybody is not game. a good fit. Everyone is not a good fit next to LeBron. How not? What are you talking about? It's style of play. It's not his fault. I didn't say it was his fault. Stop big dude.
3: What Stop I'm feeling saying,
1: like you have to defend this dude like you his girlfriend or something, man. I'm, I'm saying that, listen, 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 listen.
3: LeBron is the ultimate team player. Agreed. So how would you take a guy who is classified as a shooter, volume shooter, a better fit? For you and your skill set as a teammate, it doesn't
1: because make sense. Because I I love setting picks and working off people that move with the ball, and that's LeBron James. I said, didn't I? Wait, didn't I say that's a preference? Because from the way I play basketball, did I not say that you, you would love? Did to I play. not say that you would love to play with LeBron? No, I would not. Because standing around in the corner watching him make a play is not what I want to do. Standing around, you want to stand around. Oh if you're
3: God. standing around, that means Go that they're down. collapsing so you get the open shot.
1: You don't want to take an open three? Go watch the game yesterday and tell me how much movement the Lakers actually have in their offense. You'll be just like Dennis Schroeder taking the game. Tell, me, tell me. Okay, off of what? Standing and watching LeBron dribble, 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 dribble. I don't want to play like that.
3: Cause the defense to come in, and then you get the free three. Like, Sean don't want the free, the game winner? That don't fit your style, Sean, to take the game-winning shot? Because LeBron not going to take the game-winning shot. He's going to give it to you, and you make the game-winning shot, get all the fame, all the glory, all the.
1: Dude. I don't know, man. Like I said, this is why you can't have a conversation around this dude, LeBron James, with Malik, man. I said, you the way, the shot? I said the way I like to play basketball, me, the way I like to play basketball, I would love to play with guys like Stephen and Clay that pass the ball and move. That's my preference. Me. <laughs> Has zero to do with LeBron James. That's me. Include, I would rather play with Clay and Steph than Michael Jordan. That's me. Well, because Jordan's a ball, you're not gonna get no
3: shots. With Here Jordan. we go. Here we go. I'm just saying. Yeah. All right, man. You'll be that's, feeling that's, like that's, Scotty. That's all, I'm saying. That's that's all I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I agree with you. Step over Jordan because you're gonna be feeling like Scotty if you play with Jordan. But step over, Bron. You be playing in the finals, most of your career,
1: (laughs) and be under five hundred in the finals.
3: That's because they need
1: you to be making them wide open. And then you know who they would blame? They would blame us. They would never blame him. They would never blame him for anything. It's always us. Why he loses?
3: He can't do it all. If he give you wide open threes,
1: why can't you knock him down? Malik
3: Monk, who's going crazy
1: for the Kings right now. You know why? You know why? Because he's playing with his boy that he's used to playing with. He prefers to play with his boy that he's been playing with because of the style of play. I'm trying to teach you something. It has nothing to do with De'Aaron Fox being better than LeBron James. He prefers to play a different style with his boy. It's simple. Are you trying to win or are you trying to be friends out
3: there? He's
1: winning. Is he not winning right now?
3: We talk about win when it
1: counts, man. Come on, finals. Man. Y'all have a great day. We'll be back <laughs> tomorrow. Another great episode of the Lucky Lefty Podcast. We'll talk offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, what they had to say after the scrimmage practice on Saturday. Man, have a great day. But well, most of all, make sure that you spin it. <laughs>